I think so many people look at what happens if I do it and it goes wrong. And I look at like, well, what happens if you don't? How many people are not being helped because selfishly I decided to not do something because I was afraid? How much am I not bettering the lives of my kids and my family because I'm afraid? What kind of example am I setting for my kids when I back down from something that scares me? Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. As always, thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. And I have got a great episode for you today. Let me just tell you, oh my gosh, this is is a moment that you guys have been waiting for and you don't even know it. For the last, I don't know, maybe two years, you've been hearing me talk about this guy named Brandon and this incredible mentor. And then I've had guests on the show that have referenced this amazing mentor, Brandon, that we share. Well, today, guess who's on the show? Brandon is with me. And I I just, I cannot wait to have this conversation. I'm I feel a little bit, you know, almost like starstruck, almost like the pressure's on, but you are in for such a treat. This is one of the most amazing humans I've ever met. And I have to say, hands down the best mentor anybody could ever ask for. Let me just tell you a little bit about him. His name is Brandon Lucero, and he's the founder of the Video 4X Effect methodology, which fixes and elevates content inside of online brands and companies. He's responsible for millions of views and products sold online by focusing your content and messaging on changing beliefs shifting perspectives, and the psychology of engagement, selling, and behavior. You better buckle up. Brandon, thank you so much for being here with me today. Tracy, thanks for having me. And that was probably the best intro I have ever gotten on any podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I mean every word of it. You know, I think I, I told you this when when we for maybe I didn't tell you maybe I maybe I said it behind your back I don't know but <laughs> that you are so invested as a mentor that's mm-hmm. one of the things that sets you apart is that I never ever and your business has exploded and we're going to talk about that but I never felt like a number I never yeah. felt you know I just always felt like I was part of the family yeah yeah I mean that's how we we run my business internally is like you know, I treat my my team as is a part of the family, and that obviously goes down to our our clients and students and all that stuff too. And uh, I do. I just, I mean, it, it doesn't really seem like it's that hard of a thing to do to care about right. the people that that pay you money, <laughs> right? But you know, sometimes it is for people. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just it's not me. But I'm glad. It, I'm glad it comes through that way. Is that I care because I I do. And that's how we run everything, you know? Yeah. And it does. And it's not just my perspective. You know, I think across the board, everybody feels that, everybody picks up on that. And if I do say so myself, they hear it in your voice. 
because that's what we do. Yeah. We hear who people really are. Yeah. Now, you and I have so much synergy in the in the work that we do and we're going to talk about that, but I want to go all the way back to the beginning because yeah. I think that your story is so inspiring for the people that are listening that are entrepreneurs and the people that are listening have a lot of people in companies as well. And maybe yeah. they're thinking about exploring something else. Maybe they're not. Maybe my entrepreneurs are succeeding. Maybe they're not. But I want to go all the way back to that story you talk about how you were sitting in the backyard, not you were, well, you were working at a company, you were not happy using your degree. Just start there and tell us, kind of morph us into where you are now. Yeah, sure. So um, there's been a couple a couple major points through my journey and I actually don't have a degree. So like I went to school to go get a degree. I actually got diagnosed with Lyme disease. I'd broken my back at the same time. I was there on a running scholarship. And so it just wasn't like, I just was, I was just done. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I actually left school to um, kind of like heal myself from all the Lyme disease stuff. And I started working for my dad who owned a Video production company. And that was great. Like it was fine. It was awesome. I was 24, 25, 26. I was making maybe 70, $75,000 a year. And keep in mind, this is like 12 years ago, probably. Yeah, about 12 years ago. So I mean, great. And it's great money for a 25 year old today. But back then, it was like really good. And I just got really comfortable. But I even in that moment, I was just like, I really have to do this for the rest of my life. Like I have to show up. Monday through Friday, nine to five, I get two days a week to myself. Sunday's basically a wash because the entire day's ruined because I'm thinking about, shoot, I have to go back to work on Monday. And then I get two weeks to myself every year. I'm like, that's BS. I don't want that. Like, why would anyone <laughs> want that? And, uh, and some people like it, you know, some people thrive off of it. I, I don't personally. So um, basically what had happened is that I didn't leave because I was comfortable. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or just people in general, like they will, they'll sit in something because it's comfortable, even though they know, because the pain, the pain's not bad enough yet. Like it doesn't, it's not mm-hmm. bad enough to force them to move. So that comp, my dad's company ended up going under and I was getting late paychecks and some paychecks that just never came in. And, and like, I couldn't barely pay the bills. And I started looking at ways to make money. So I started looking online and creating websites for people and just doing SEO, just all sorts of like crazy stuff. And eventually to just kind of fast forward that path, because um, I could talk about that for an hour of everything I had to do. But um, basically what had happened is we ended up moving in with my in-laws. So mm-hmm. got married, moved in with my in-laws because we couldn't afford rent and started a company called Sold the Video, which originally was a company creating videos for real estate agents, hence the name sold with video, like sold a house, but with video. And um, my whole idea was I want to make $10,000 a month and I don't want to talk to anybody. And I just want to go mountain biking all day. Like that's my goal. So I designed this website where people could buy something. They upload their pictures, their video content. It automatically gets sent over to an editor in the Philippines. Editor does the video, uploads it back. And the system notifies the person, they send reviews. And it was like this system that we had coded that I like was the middle man with everything and I didn't have to do anything. It was a beautiful system. Only problem was I didn't make any sales. So mm, <laughs> it, that's it, a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it can be a problem. <laughs> it didn't work out. And so um and I, I if I would have stuck with it, I'm sure it would have worked out. But at the end of the day, like 
it was just an opportunity for me to make money. I didn't, I wasn't really passionate about it. Um, and so that led me down the path of figuring out how do I rank the videos and how do I, because I figured, well, maybe they want help marketing the videos. So that led me down the path of like video SEO, figuring all that stuff out, learning YouTube marketing, which led me to form a connection in relationship with James Webmore. And then from there, we launched a product uh, together because I started selling videos to local... Like I went outside of real estate. I started selling videos to local-based businesses, doing really well with it. And then um, James and I formed a product around that, like teaching videographers how to sell their stuff because I was doing I was doing okay with it. I was doing probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars a month with it. Um, from there, things just started to take off. So, like, I started to learn how to launch a digital course, and started to create like how to create a community, how to build an audience online, how to actually launch something, and that did really well. And I built my company up to about five hundred thousand dollars. A, a year, and this this was like one of the most pivotal moments in my life because on paper you're like, I I made it like five hundred thousand dollars a year, like did it. Mm-hmm. Problem was is that um, number one, I didn't really never made that much money in my life before, so I didn't know how to manage it. Um, mm. Yeah, I had a lot of expenses. I was my wife didn't work, so she stayed home mom. So I had a whole entire family I was supporting. So we had kids during that entire process as well. Um, we finally moved out on our own. So I had my, my, all my expenses every month started to go up. Uh, part of that $500,000 was with a, a partner that I had at the time. So we had created a product together that, outside of James. So at this point, I was on my own. James and I kind of put that other product to rest. And um, I had to pay half of the profit directly to that business partner. Then I got hit with taxes. And, and then I was just realized I was working all the time. Seven days a week, like morning to night. And when I went on vacation, I was like on the cell phone and I wasn't present. And it was just, it was just not good. It wasn't the life that I wanted. I was selling a, selling everything, I was selling a Facebook ads course, mm-hmm. a video marketing course over here. I was offering a service over, it was just so much stuff. And I just said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I gave up that business and I just, and, and I still had the business, but we just stopped selling everything we were selling. And the expenses stayed the same. Then I got hit with taxes more than I thought. And then within three months, I was $40,000 in debt. And yeah. like messes with your mind, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's like here's everything. I, three months ago, I on paper, I had literally everything that I thought I wanted. Everything that I had worked for mm. for the last five years, I had it. And then you get there and you're like, I hate this. And there's a lot of reasons why. Like I didn't have systems, I didn't processes. I didn't know how to really build a business. I knew how to make money, but I didn't know how to save the money. And yeah. people don't get that. Like knowing how to make the money doesn't matter, really. Like it does, but it's not everything. You, you mm-hmm. still need to like know how to run a business around it, which means finances and profit and overhead and margins and systems and getting a team there and and like building something sustainable and scalable. I didn't know any of that stuff. And mm-hmm. then how to manage the money, I didn't know that either. And so I didn't know how to save the money. I didn't know what to do with the money. Um, so it messed with my head a little bit because. Also, I teach marketing and how to make money online. And like, here I am, $40,000 in debt. Yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew. It was just, just, I was the only person that knew. I didn't even tell my wife. And because I knew I'd come out of it. And this is, I think, the moment you were talking about, which is where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And for three months, I would walk around the backyard and just try to sit in silence. And we can talk more about why uh-huh. I do that later, but um, sit in silence and wait for the answer to come. And after about, Three months of sitting in my office, just not 
thinking anything. And then boom, this idea came into my head, which is, is the video for what we call the video for X effect. And I mapped it all out on the board. And it's like this, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what my purpose is. And what's really funny, you know, like clarity always comes at the end. But what I realized in that moment was everything I had gone through for those six years um, were pieces of the video for X effect. Uh, I guess a better way to say that is the video for X effect wouldn't have been created or wouldn't exist had I not gone through those six years. So it was like a little bit of real estate over here, a little bit of SEO over here, a little bit of marketing over here, then messaging over here from all the things that I'd done. And then boom, all of a sudden in one thing, and it was aligned with the purpose that I have on this planet. And then within the first nine months, we did uh, one, I think it was, oh gosh, 1.2, $1.2 million in sales in the first nine months, obviously paid off all of that and that all the, the debt. And then I started hiring a team, building out the business the right way. And today, um, two and a half, maybe, th- yeah, about two and a half years later, uh, we're a multi-million dollar company. I work the, the least amount I've ever worked in my entire life, uh, more freedom. I finally take vacations and I don't have to be on the phone or the computer, um, which I didn't realize until my wife was like, you realize you haven't been on your phone once this entire vacation? I was like, oh, I guess not. And so, um, you know, my focus has really been more of the last like year um, has been more of not really building the business, but building the team that will build the business, which has been a major shift for me and allowed us to like really take off. But, and that's where we are today. So that's kind of like my two hour story in, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you see why he's inspiring people all over the world? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about the stillness, but within that, there are a couple of questions that I want to ask based on things that I know. I had forgotten that about your degree in the Lyme disease and all of that. I had completely forgotten that part of the story. Yeah, that's incredible. But I want to... I really want to just take a moment and acknowledge that all those pieces were a part of what you were meant to do. Yeah. You just had to walk through that. And I don't you feel like that's where, you know, I mean, people feel bad for me when they hear, oh my gosh, you were raised in a family where you couldn't speak. Oh my gosh, it's the thing I'm most grateful for every day because <laughs> psychology of the voice never would have happened. Yep. Yep. And, and do you think that people get stuck? Well, yeah. I mean, people... Let's just say this. If you haven't gone through a lot of like hard times in your life, um, when you go through them, it's a bit of a shock. Like having to move in, move in with my in-laws at the age of 30 or whatever it was, high, high 20s, 30s, when all my other friends were having kids and buying houses, like it's embarrassing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you, there's a little bit of shame around that and stuff. But looking back at it, going through hard times and looking and realizing what gifts they left me with, um, is is so valuable that I I almost feel bad for people that don't have to go through those things because the, the your out everything shifts your outlook on life shifts your great the amount of things you're grateful for shifts and I'm also well aware that looking back at it like some of the things that I viewed as hard weren't hard at all like wow Brandon you got to live rent free in a house and have a roof over your head and not have to worry about anything and you say that's a hard time. Who do you think you are? Because there's people that literally don't know where their next meal is coming from, are in cold every single night. And you're going to look at that and say, that was a hard time. Like, how dare you? You know, especially since it taught you such valuable lessons. And so I think 
Um, everything that I perceived as hard in my life left me with a really great gift and left me with a knowing of how to navigate other people through that. So, you know, like when I was $40,000 in debt, two of my best friends, Jim Fortin and James Wedmore, they both teach and help people just like I do. But they never had to go through that while building an online business, but I got to go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it left me with a gift of knowing of how to navigate that and communicate to people who are going through the same thing, which James and Jim can't do. They don't have the knowing of what it felt like and how to do it. But I do it because of that experience that, that left me with a gift of how to help more people. And so uh, one of the things I've learned through all of that is you can go through an uncomfortable time without the negative emotion. And it makes it so much easier. So anytime we go through a struggle or an un- I call it an uncomfortable time. I don't call it hard or I try not to call it hard or struggle, but I go through an uncomfortable time now. Um, I detach the negative emotion from it. And I really have the perspective of what gift is this giving me right now? How, what am I grateful for my life right now? The version of Brandon 10 years ago who didn't have any money or have anything, he would be ecstatic to go through what you're going through. He'd say, wow, you have all this money in the bank and you have to deal with this small thing. Like To me in this moment, I'm like, oh, I got to deal with this thing. But Brandon back then would be like, Buckle up, Buttercup. Like that's easy, man. Like <laughs> right. be grateful. Right. Remember where we we came from. And so I I always I always look at things as um really as a, a gift. And when I'm going through them with no negative emotion. Yeah, yeah. And and I want to I want to ask one more question, and then I want to I want to jump over to things like being still and mentors and so many questions. This is gonna sure. I can't let this be the Nicholas Dinkleby of of interviews. I don't know, you may be too young to remember, but there was this Broadway play called Nicholas Nickleby and it lasted for two days. Like it was oh. a 24 hour play, literally. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It was That's crazy. Insane. Yeah. It was insane. So I, I know I can't do the Nicholas Nickleby of interviews, <laughs> but I want us to ask one, I want to have you talk about one more thing in this time period because, yeah. and I know that there are so many great things that you're already sharing, but I want to just highlight something about you to the listeners, and you can talk about it in any way you want, but I perceive you as fearless. I perceive you as courageous. I know the story about how you had such tenacity in sending messages to a guy named James Wedmore. I know that you had $40,000 in debt and you took this crazy risk, wild risk, and hired somebody. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about courage and, and how you just rip that bandaid off and, and kept at it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, th- I think it's, it's a couple of things. Um, one, it's, it's kind of been the way I've always been. Like, I, I mean, I broke my back jumping off of a 90 foot cliff into water when everyone was jumping off of 20 foot cliffs, you know, like uh-huh. I just, it's, it's, there's a difference between like, I don't think we're going to get rid of fear. And I've learned this from my mentor, Jim Fortin, like you're not going to really get rid of fear. It's just a survival instinct that we have as humans. Um, so there, I don't think there is a such thing as really fearless per se, but mm-hmm. more of like being courageous, which is what you, you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, which is being afraid and doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. And a couple of things that have helped me, like one, I've always been that way. I think it has a lot to do with how I was raised. Uh, but number two, also being raised as one of four boys helps with that because it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Uh, But a couple of things. Number one, everything always ends up being okay. 
And we never look back at any scenario, like hardly ever. I, I would be very shocked to find anyone who looked back at any scenario in their life where they were filled with anxiety, fear, panic, and worry and go, I'm so glad that I was filled with anxiety in that moment because it really helped me get out of this. Or I'm really glad that I had this fear and I worried so much during this moment because it really helped me get out of it. Like You're not going to find anyone that does that. So when I recognize that, I've realized in the moment that I can go through this because everything is going to end up being okay. Like I look back at my life, everything's fine right now in my life. And everything always was fine, but I just mm -hmm. perceived it a certain way. And if we want to really go down the rabbit hole, I think that if we really look at where reality is formed, like how humans form their version of reality, when we live in a lot of suffering and anxiety and stuff like that, what's happening is the way we perceive reality is mismatched with an expectation that we had in our life and that causes some kind of suffering. And again, that's another topic I could talk mm -hmm. an hour for, but I think getting rid of those expectations, knowing everything's going to be okay, it, it always will be, and understanding um, that situations you go through are just learning things that are going to help, really helps you be courageous because if you're like, mm -hmm. it's going to be fine no matter what happens. Like... If I lose the money, I lose the money, and then I'll be fine. I'll figure it like that. that all that happened was I lost money, and that's and that's it. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's like the one main thing. The second main thing that really helps me is and is living in that regret. Like, what happens mm -hmm. if I don't do this? I think so many people look at what happens if I do it and it goes wrong, and I look at like, well, what happens if you don't? How many people are not being helped because selfishly I decided to not do something because I was afraid. How many? How much uh, am am I not bettering the lives of my kids and my family because I'm afraid? Uh, mm -hmm. What kind of example am I setting for my kids when I back down from something that scares me? And I think that's the biggest one. If you have kids, uh, this is going to sound bad, but it's not intended in the way I'm saying it. But use your use your kids to go after what you want, and and I don't mean like use them, but like right. um, for me, like looking at my son in the eyes and saying like, I'm not following my dreams because I'm scared would crush me. And if, if what I would do is I would look at him, if he came to me and said, dad, I'm not, I'm not chasing my dreams because I'm afraid. And I remember watching you and you did the same thing. So I know it's okay. That like to see, see that I was the example for him to not chase his dreams. It, I mean, it would crush me. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it that way, with all of those combined, I feel like it's very easy to, to start to move forward towards things that you want, no matter how scared you are. Yeah. And, and you said a word in there, you said perception. And I want to just, just do a quick roadside stop and have you tell the story that literally impacted me. And I told you this, I said, yeah. when you told that story, I need you to know it changed my life. And that was the perception around what you thought your mom was doing to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will you tell that story? Yeah. So, and that kind of goes into what I was just saying, mm -hmm. um, is that the way reality is formed is a lot of it's sub subconsciously driven. Um, reality is basically created from our, our five senses, meaning that you guys wouldn't even know this podcast exists right now if you didn't have the ability to hear it. And if you didn't have the ability to hear it, it literally wouldn't enter your world, your reality. So what starts to happen as humans is um, things happen in our life and we perceive them or receive them because of our senses. So hear, sight, sound, whatever. 
And then what happens is the subconscious mind automatically makes a decision about it without you being aware. And a great example is just listening to this podcast right now. You guys didn't take the time so far to, I'm assuming you probably didn't take the time to go, is this podcast good? Mm, I don't know. Do I really like what they're saying? Mm, I don't know. What is good? How do I qualify if this podcast is good? How do I qualify if I like it or not? Like you didn't do any of that, but your mind automatically is like, oh, I'm really entertained or I really like this or I don't, or maybe something else. Your mind just does that. And then you leave the world with the assumption that whatever your subconscious told you is real and it's true and it's not. It's just because 100 people could listen to this episode right now and we're going to get 100 different interpretations of what this podcast was about, whether it was good or not good, how good was it, 100 different things. So what happens is as people go through things, they just they automatically attach meaning to that or a perception to it. So the story that I always tell is when I was building my business, I was working, living in my in-laws house and my parents lived about a mile or two down the street. I would go to my parents' house to get out of the, my in-laws house to go work and then I'd go back to my in-laws house. I almost treated my parents' house as an office. Um, so every time I would go to my parents' house, my mom would see me not have a job, struggling to like build the business. And she would say, are you sure you don't want to go get a job? Every day she would say mm-hmm. that to me. And I started looking at that like my mom's super controlling. She doesn't get it. She, and it, it like really hurt me, you know, like I was suff- I was living in suffering because of this belief that I had is my mom is controlling and, and stuff. And then uh, I went to this, this program called Landmark Forum that taught you about meaning and attaching meaning, kind of like what I'm explaining to you guys right now. And I realized it's not that my mom is controlling. It's that I'm perceiving her to be controlling without even consciously thinking about it. And I lived in a reality in a world where my mom was controlling and it caused suffering in my life. And then you get to realize that you can control what meaning and attachment you put on things. So when I tell that story of my mom, I know, again, there's, if there's 100 people listening, there's going to hear all sorts of things. Things like, yes, his mom was controlling. No, his mom was just trying to protect her child. Her mom, his mom just loved loved him and wanted to see him be safe. Another one might say his mom was really mean, right? We're gonna have all these different interpretations and none of them are right or none of them are wrong because the only thing that had happened is I walked into the house and my mom said words to me. And then now once that happens, it's open to interpretation and you get to choose what interpretation or meaning you put on it. And the second I realized that, I realized my mom loves me and she's just trying to protect me in the only way she knows how in the best way she knows how. And I realized I was taking this loving moment and turning it into something bad. And that crushed me. And ever since that moment, everything shifted for me. And when we look at it from a business standpoint, do you think you're going to be a better and more powerful business owner when you're living in the world where my mom is controlling me and you think that every single day and you're filled with anger and resentment and then go try to build your business? Or... Do you think that you're going to be a better business owner when you're filled with love, joy, and you're excited to go into the house every day? Like you're going to be obviously the the one about love and joy is going to make you a better business owner. And that's just one example. You get to do that all the time in your life, every day, every second. When you like not only understand this, this concept, but you actually put it into practice and you're aware of it and you put it into practice over and over and over again, it just becomes your normal way of living life. So and it's, it's so powerful. Yeah. You know, it, it changed my whole dynamic with my mother, mm-hmm. but it literally 
can change the way we view the world because we get so locked up in right and wrong. It's this or it's that. Right. And it's just a perception. It's just an interpretation. It is. Yeah. And some people don't like this. I've, I've gotten some flack for this, but I even say there is no right and there is no wrong on anything. And I, I, um, I don't want to go too much down this rabbit hole, but, but, I, but it is, it's all perception. It's like mm-hmm. we've been indoctrinated into what is right and what is wrong. What society tells you is right and society tells you is wrong. And then we live our life as if that's the truth, hundred percent universal. And sometimes it causes suffering in, inside of people, you know, and it's just, I think when everyone realizes all that stuff's going on, at least for me, it's such a freeing experience, but even just understanding the, um, the concept of of you get to attach any meaning to anything mm-hmm. that you want at any time, like just that simple thing alone can shift worlds for people. Yeah. I mean, it did for me. Well, you won't get any flack about that. There is no right or wrong over here. Yeah. <laughs> Not at Captivate the Room. No way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Now, I know I want to get into Video Forex and, and yeah. all of your amazing work. But before we do that, we have to include the part of the story about how you sat in silence, because that is something that people do not do. I can't even get some people to make a pause, much less sit in silence. So talk about how that was so integral to where you are. Yeah. Okay, great. So sitting in silence is something that I do and teach all the time. It's the required part of going through our program. And what I mean by sitting in silence is I don't mean meditating and I don't mean, you know, like trying to get Zen or whatever. What I mean is literally um, shut your mind off. And so I don't mean even just getting in a quiet room. I mean, shutting the chatter off in your head. And so what this um, allows you to do is to receive what you're supposed to receive. And we all have examples of this. And so again, I don't know how woo-woo some people are, but um, to me, this isn't even woo-woo at all. It's because you see examples of it all the time where like you're in the shower and you're not really thinking anything and all these ideas come in your head. You know, all of a sudden we become the best negotiator or we could have won all these arguments or we could have like, you just automatically think, boom, 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 boom. We also have thoughts that come into our head that we don't like. Like, why did I think that all of a sudden? And if we don't like those thoughts, why do they pop into our head? Where are they coming from? And so what I've realized is that if you can shut the thinking off in your head, and you access wherever that is, and I don't care what you call it. You could call it universe, you could call it God, you can call it the infinity. I just, it doesn't matter. Um, Consciousness, it doesn't matter. But we all have those moments. And another moment is when you're writing an essay or you're journaling or something like that, you get so into the writing that you don't focus on any other things. You don't focus on any other thoughts. And you're just so much in the writing, you, you shut your mind off in that moment and then all of a sudden, ideas come into your head so fast that you can't even write them down anymore. What I'm talking about is accessing that on a daily basis. And it ta- it's, it's not easy uh, to start and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes work and it takes mastery. But the more you do it, the more ideas will start to come to you. And I, I don't know if this is a video podcast or not, but these I have two notebooks like right next to me, you can right here. Mm-hmm. And I have them with me all the time because anytime I'm silent and I have those ideas come in, I, I write them down in this, in this journal. And the, the, like to bring this one step deeper, we are all trying to create something outside of the box, right? We're trying to create something that doesn't exist. If you're trying to start a business, it's literally creating something that doesn't exist. And you can't create something 
outside the box with thinking that's inside the box. And what sitting in silence allows you to do is to get your thinking outside of the box. It gets your thinking um, away from this is right, this is wrong, this is realistic, this is unrealistic. This is, and it literally just guides you to what you need to know or what you need to hear or the idea that you need to have. And so for me, sitting in silence is really where the answers come. And it really allows my mind to do outside the box thinking or get outside the box ideas or steps so that I can create something outside the box. And what's beautiful about this is when you guys can create something outside of the box and it becomes normal for people, we expand the box. So now the new normal is created. And so for me, I'm always looking at how do I improve the world? How do I improve society? How do I improve my space? It's by getting outside the box and making that thing now inside the box because the box has expanded and then doing it over and over and over again. And then we just have expansion. And, and so that's kind of what, what I'm like, when I say sitting in the silence, that's what I'm talking about. And that's what I had to do when we, when I first created the, the video for X effect. And what he's talking about is Brandon, I think that lines up. So that's exactly what I'm always talking about in pillar one. You've yeah. got to get in the now. Being up in your head, your voice isn't going to work. You can't orchestrate the exact, you know, you can't be in the future. You can't be in the past. You can't have any of that stuff or you're not going to speak from your heart, which is where your message is. And that's when you're going to do your best work. And I hear you saying the exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. It is. It's, it's being, um, it is being present and it is being in the now and it's doing that without Basically, it's being in the present and being in the now without living in the world society's told you needs to be the world, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because that's past and future. Oh, I better yeah. get it right. I better do this. They're wanting me to be that. I'm worn out with, well, I've got to be what you know they want me. This is why people, my people struggle on video, Brandon, Yeah, because they're used to letting the audience, letting the listener letting who's in front of them determine the version of them that they're putting out. And then they get on video and that feedback's not there. So yeah. we have to find that best version of us. Right. And that's what we put out. And then video's not as much of a problem. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't. I know I've heard you say it a few times, but I didn't realize how much like the box that we've created is living in the past and in the future. Mm-hmm. It totally is. So yeah, totally. like living living in the now is really what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, and that's what you talk about. And and yeah. again, we're not the only people saying this. Like look at there's mm -hmm. so many people that have accomplished amazing things over the last two hundred years that they that will talk about this. A lot of the philosophers talk about this. But I can tell you is, is the people are like, How did you see so much success? And what was the secret tactic? And blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And like like literally sitting in the silence. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that right. Right. And I love that because people are buying the next shiny object and they're going to this. And if I get this and when I get there and I know what's going to make this work, I know how I'm going to no. I mean, yeah, some of the, you know, hiring the right people and all of that is very valuable and very important, but it's, it's not, it, it the power is in that silence. Yeah. That's where the answers, that's where the purpose comes. Right. Well, and that's that's what and that's a lot of things we talk about with messaging inside the video four yeah. X is is uncovering what that purpose is, but it it normally doesn't it doesn't just hit you all of a sudden out of the blue. And mm -hmm. I think because people lack 
sitting in the silence and they lack a lot of that stuff, they rush everything and then they wonder why they don't get the results. So like if we just even look at from a messaging standpoint, what a lot of people will do is they won't sit in the silence and then they're like, okay, this is my purpose. And they come, they like uncover it in five minutes. I just want to like, I'm a copywriter. So I want to help people write better copy and make an impact. It's like, yeah, you and every 10,000 other He's copywriters up there, are saying right? the same thing. Yeah, it's settle like, down, boss. I know. It's just, like, it's, it's just yeah. crazy. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's, it's weird too because it's such a simple thing, but it's such a hard mm-hmm. thing yeah. for people to do. Yeah. Now, so I want you to tell us about the components of Video Forex. I, you know, everybody yeah. refers to you as just the messaging master. And some of my people might not even know exactly what we even mean by messaging. So, right. you know, just let's start talking about the program that you've designed and what it does and why it's so important. Sure. So uh, we started the Video Forex Effect, which was um, done about two and a half years ago. And yeah. the intention of it back then was to help businesses fix video inside of their business. It was like, because video is becoming more and more popular, but we were seeing problems um, like, you know, they would hire a video editor and then that didn't work out because they didn't, the video editor created more problems. Like people want to do video. Now there's nothing streamlined. They have to manage the video editor. And then it's just, there's just a lot wrong with Mm -hmm. with video back then internally inside of companies. And so we broke it down into four pillars, which was impact and revenue goals, um, which sounds very basic, boring, and generalized. Like, oh, okay, great. Everyone talks about that. But the reason why we talk about vision and impact goals is because we need to measure the effectiveness of our content and we need to measure the effectiveness of our strategy. We need to measure the effectiveness of the message that we have out there. Like, we need to me- measure the effectiveness of everything on multiple levels, revenue and also the impact that we're creating, right? And so um, a lot of people won't do that. And the reason why, we- we create the goals is so that we have something measurable. We say, here's where we are now. Here's where we want to go. And most businesses won't do that with their content, social media or anything. So they just keep doing things and then they don't even know if it's working or not. And so that's why we need number one. So impact and revenue goals. And we have those because we know where we're going and we end up there because we set the goal in the first place. And Mm -hmm. so we have those measurable goals. Number two is impactful messaging. And this over the years has really been our our bread and butter. And I'll talk about that in a second. But impactful messaging is basically... And what messaging is, is, is communication. It's the what you're saying, how it's resonating with people. Um, it's how you're positioning yourself in the marketplace. You know, like um, I always go back to the Thighmaster. Most people don't know this. Mm-hmm. The Thighmaster was a product before it was the Thighmaster and it completely flopped and bombed. And then same product, but they brought in different branding, different messaging, and a spokesperson, Suzanne Summers, and then they sold hundreds of millions. Same exact product. Hmm. What messaging is, is how you're communicating it to the public or to your audience or yourself to the audience and, and in a way where they, they want it. So messaging for me is really what content's all about. Most people are like, I just got to push content. I got to add value and push content. Yeah. But they don't realize content is nothing more than the vehicle that's delivering the message. And if you have scattered messaging, meaning you're doing videos on all sorts of topics or content on all sorts of topics, it's not attached or connected to your offer. It's, um, it's just randomized. You're, you're listening to your audience to tell you what they want. You're doing all of these things. It's basically your messaging as a brand gets so diluted, it gets and it becomes really ineffective. And then when you combine that with no goals in the first place, 
what happens? You start spinning your wheels. You push a ton of content out there and then it's just all over the place. It actually could even be a disservice to your company. And just those two pillars alone literally can shift everything for you when it comes to like content marketing. Um, but pillar number three is um, synergistic strategy. So we don't focus on just one platform. It's how do we record one video and utilize it on multiple platforms? How do we build an email list and a remarketing audience at the exact same time? How do we get our efforts on Facebook and Instagram to work together? And then also with YouTube, how does all that work? And then the last pillar is the workflow. So how do we streamline the entire process? Um, so you, the entrepreneur, can just record your videos, put it on Dropbox, and then like a couple of days later, it's all done. You have a version for Facebook, YouTube, and and so everything is streamlined and workflows. That's what we started out as. And what it's morphed into is we still have the same pillars relatively, but we started to realize the biggest problem that most people had was the messaging piece. Like anyone can teach you how to create an impact and a revenue goal. There's other people that can teach you a video workflow. There's people that have all sorts of different strategies. But what we started to realize is our style and methodology around messaging is really what's allowing people to get really fast growth. It allows them to stand out faster. It creates demand for what they sell. Like We've literally had students go through it and clients go through it. And then people are just like, I don't know what you're selling, but let me have what you're selling. Because the way we construct the content is so darn effective that we we sell without really selling. And what we look at is how do we create content that does 70% of the selling for you? So when someone enters your sales process or your sales funnel, they already want what you have to sell. And so for us, and that's one of the reasons why we've grown so much. That's why like one of our clients, Caitlin Batcher, sells an $18,000 a year coaching program. And there's someone who didn't know her two weeks ago, but has gone through and experience our messaging and content process and we deployed it in her company. And then two weeks later is like, I, I need to buy this program. I like yeah. not, I want to buy it. Like I need to buy this program. And that's all because of the messaging. And then we deliver that message through content. And so the video 4X effect is very much morphing and evolving to become a messaging and content program instead of a, Hey, let me fix video inside of your business program. Mm-hmm. And I think you could probably tell, sit here for another three days and tell us success stories. But I, I it, it, across the board, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. companies, but I want you to tell, and I don't remember the man's name, mm-hmm. but I want to say this because I know I have a lot of people that do podcasts or mm-hmm. want to do podcasts. And one of your people saw like 50 times more downloads or something. Do you know the it, one I'm talking about? Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, so it was Angus Pike. Yes. He's, uh, he's in um, Australia. And mm-hmm. so and that's the thing, We the number one question we get is like, this works in America, it'll never work in the, in the UK or it'll never work in oh. Australia because of the way that the, the people are out here and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's it, we create messaging and content based off of human psychology. And it doesn't, like a human is a human. And, mm-hmm. and so it works everywhere. And so like using, I love using him as a case study because he lives in a country that we get a lot of flack from. People are like, that won't work mm. here. And he basically, I remember when he went through the first version of the video 4X and he was using it to increase the downloads on his podcast. So he would use like video clips from the podcast and he would deploy it using the video 4X method and our, our synergistic strategy. And he messaged me. He's like, oh my God, I saw an 800% increase in downloads. And I was like, cool. Can we use that as a case study? He's like, yeah, go ahead. And then like two weeks later, he's like, hey, it's at 17, 
100% increase in downloads. And I was like, oh, we got to update the testimonial. And then he messaged me again. He's like, is that, it's like 3,400% increase in downloads. And I was like, okay, when is this going to stop? Because I, I need a testimonial here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to keep updating. But, and I don't remember the ex- exact amount. I know it was more than 1,700. I don't know if it's it quite amazing. reached 3,400. But even if it was 1,700 or even 800% increase in downloads, um, it's impressive. And yeah. a couple of reasons why that happened is one, because of the, the messaging that is it, that we talk about. Like, how do we write the headlines? How do we communicate inside the podcast? How do you write the copy around it? Um, how do, when you pull them into the podcast, what are you saying on the podcast to get them come back again? You know, things like that. Um, but also the strategy when we're using Facebook and Instagram, we can run those uh, campaigns called through play campaigns where we're getting views for like a penny. So every dollar you spend, you're getting a hundred targeted views. And if your messaging's mm-hmm. dialed in, you're just pulling all those people right to where you want them to go. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why he he saw such a massive uh, increase in his in his podcast. And he wasn't even really looking at like using it to sell anything. He was using it just to try to increase his audience and his his podcast downloads. And it worked like gangbusters. Worked really well. Yeah, it's a. I mean, like I said, you have so many case studies, but that one is just so impressive especially for those of you that are interested in doing podcast. It's, it's truly amazing. And the coolest thing, I mean, there's a million cool things about it, but not only are you drawing people in with this methodology and this work and this messaging, you're drawing the right people in. Yep. Yep. Not the people that are never going to buy from you anyway. Right. Right. And it's so easy to do. Like I I can tell you guys how to do it if you want me to. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell there's a, there's a couple ways to do it. But this is so stupid, simple, easy that pe- people are going to be like, why have I not thought of that? So one of the things that we talk about, we, we, we base a lot of our messaging and our content off of identity and beliefs. And a couple of reasons why is because people don't really know what their identities are and they don't really know what their beliefs are. And one of the reasons why they don't know what their beliefs are is because they think their beliefs are real. So this goes back to what we talked about mm-hmm. earlier where you didn't think whether or not this podcast episode was good or bad. You just automatically formed a belief. Your subconscious formed a belief that you took on as a truth. And then you lived your life as if that was a truth. So what happens is most humans will walk around living in a reality where their beliefs are truths. And those truths become their reality. So they, they live in this world that was created by their subconscious. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's bad. But the reason why we focus on beliefs is because if we can dismantle a belief or we can alter a belief, especially if it's causing suffering in their life, we literally shift their reality. We literally shift the way in which they perceive the world. And it's powerful. And most people don't know how to do that. Uh, But we do. We've developed methodologies around that. The second thing is their identity. And again, most people don't know that they have identities. And uh, what this basically is, is me saying like, I'm a father. I am an entrepreneur. I am whatever. Now, what most people say is like, those are the things I like, or that's what interests me, or they'll say I am, but they don't really realize that our mind literally makes that a piece of us, meaning that it is a piece of who I am. So what we want, if you want to attract the right people, all you have to do is plug identities into content. And you know, for me, and one of the ways to uncover identities that are the most important to you is, is take your core values and there's hundreds of them. So if like find a document online, if you really want to do this mm-hmm. and number them from the top 10 
that you've like go and find the top 10 from those list of two or 300, then number those top 10 from most important to you to least important. So when I do this, family's number one, uh, success is number two, money's number three, integrity is number four. Mm-hmm. And so if I was to look at those, so again, it's family, entrepreneurship, or business owner success, uh, money, and then um, integrity. And if I look at my identities, well, I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a person who has money, and I'm a person of integrity. So your core values are literally your identities. Mm-hmm. And so if someone was to publish a blog post or an article that said, entrepreneurs, entrepreneur fathers that have integrity tend to make the most money, I'm clicking on that thing. Why? Because it literally has three of my identities attached to that. So that's who that article is going to attract to me. So if you really want to attract the right people in your, into your company, all you need to do is figure out the core values of you, the business owner, or you, the company, what identities are attached to those values, and then plug those identities into the titles of your content. I mean, it's literally that simple. So Caitlin Batcher, a client, I'll use her as an example. She has a, a video titled, um, Children Should Be Taught Entrepreneurship. And then the branding around the video is all like pink and turquoise. So the pink and turquoise is going to attract the female identity usually. Uh, But then when you talk entrepreneurship and kids, you're going to attract entrepreneur uh, parents. And because of the branding, usually entrepreneur moms. And so her audience is like 90% entrepreneur moms because Mm -hmm. we're very strategic of what we're using identity-wise in the titles. And then when you can create the content and the scripting that has the beliefs plugged into it, it's like game over. It's very, Mm -hmm. really powerful content. And she's selling an $18,000 product. It's not like she's selling a $47 thing. Right. Yeah. She's selling $18,000 thing and it's, it's, and all this stuff has to happen in phases. So we use those kind of like at the top of the funnel first experience so that we attract the right people but then we'll get them to watch another video that really tackles a belief. And then when we start to shift their world and we start to shift the reality, they have these mind-blowing experiences. These, these Sometimes we focus a lot on ending suffering. So they have these beliefs that they had that now put them in a better place. And when you can do that, it's very transformational for people. And when you can attract the right people, give them transformational type content along with the solution. So you do a little bit of like how to, what to do content. Um, it, you hit three different things that you need to hit. So you build rapport because you're connecting off of identity. So like, I'm a father, you're a father, or I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, builds the rapport. And that's that's how any connection with anyone is built, right? Like mm-hmm. look at your best friends, look at the people that you're attracted to. There's shared identities in that. You know, either like for us, like some of our best friends are parents mm-hmm. and some of my best friends are entrepreneurs. There's a shared identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it builds a rapport the authority is built when you do the how-to educational content. We don't want to do it all the time, but we do want it. And then the middle piece is where you become that thought leader, the leader in the space, because now you're shifting the reality. You're getting them to see something in a way they haven't seen it before. And when all three are combined, sales become a lot easier. And when you can connect all three of those types of videos together with your offer or your method, kind of like how I'm talking about my method on this podcast episode, mm-hmm. you're actually talking about your offer because although we're talking about a methodology right now, my methodology is what I sell. You can get, get it in a course, you can do it in a mentorship program, or you can do it in our service. So what I'm really doing right now 
is I'm really building uh, demand for my product by talking about my method. And if we look back on this podcast episode, you guys can probably see a lot of those elements. Mm -hmm. You probably saw me explain things in ways you've never heard it before. I shifted your perspective on something. I gave you these aha or mind-blowing moments. I told you a little bit about my story. I haven't really told you quite yet why I do what I do or what my purpose is, but I could have easily dropped that into this podcast episode and that would have been those, you know, those connection pieces. And uh, I've given you a little bit of what to do. So I've become that, uh, that authority. You see all the elements just in this podcast alone. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why is that's just how I communicate now because it's, yeah. it's the most effective way to, and from my experience, to communicate in a content. I guess it's even just even in life in general, you know, mm-hmm. like communication with my wife and friends are a lot easier if I'm um, thoughtful or taking the time to be attentive to what I'm saying. I can be very strategic with what I'm saying to, you know, dismantle a certain situation or form a connection with someone or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. I love that. And that's so similar to the work that I do. I think people mm-hmm. will say, well, when do you turn it on? I don't. I'm always <laughs> out there. To, I mean, I talk like this to the guy at the grocery store when he asks me paper or plastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, this is who I am. Yeah. This is how I talk to people. This yeah. is, I want everybody in a conversation with me to feel something. And well, it's, I use it with my it, kids right? all the time. Too. Right. <laughs> Every day, I'd like well, the things you taught me. I'm using with my kids. Yeah. It works so. It works so well. I mean, yeah, I know. Right? Slow down. You speed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's such a great segue. I'm going to say this to the listeners. They're probably thinking the whole time. Wait a minute. Tracy's always saying the words are nothing. Now, so let me let me. I want to say something. You know, I always say the words are everything, mm-hmm. and they are nothing. It's how you bring them to life that has the power to impact me. Now, you are the word master. In fact, I also uh, often refer to you as the gift and I'm the wrapping paper. And you're so familiar with my work. I I want you to speak to that for a minute and, you know, the value of then taking those words and bringing them to life. Do you you feel that? A hundred percent. So... I mean, I could have done the entire podcast episode like this and it wouldn't have been very effective or fun <laughs> for anyone, right? But right. I didn't. And you know, I was very aware of what I was saying and stuff. Um, but the, there isn't... It's one of those things where you can't have one without the other mm. when it comes to um, audio and visual content. Like, sure, you could probably take what I have and put it in a blog post or ad copy and it'd be fine because there's, you're not saying anything. But the second you start speaking, everything shifts. Mm. And you have to actually be able to deliver the right... It's, it's much like content, right? You, content's nothing more than the vehicle uh, to deliver the message. Well, it's the same thing with how you speak. It's The message is really the vehicle of the voice. And the voice is what really is going to pull people in subconsciously. And we already talked about how powerful the subconscious is on this episode but subconsciously being able to pull someone in and I don't know what the right word is. Um, I don't like maneuvering their emotions is not really the right way to describe it, but to be very aware of what they're feeling during the delivery has everything to do with how well they're going to pay attention to you on a subconscious level. And that to me, that is, that is everything. And we look at movie again, you see the proof around everywhere. Look at Mm -hmm. movies, Look at how the best uh, storytellers, like 
uh, will read like, and I always go back to my kids. So like when I see these people reading books to my kids, like they're reading a book on, on, on TV, they're very intentional with, with Mm -hmm. dialect, what they're saying and their speed, their things that go with Mm -hmm. the emotion. You literally control the emotional state of the person listening with the voice. So if you have a really powerful script, you have to use the voice in the right way. And if you're not, you could very easily have the best messaging in the world, but get no results because yeah. of the way you communicated it with your voice. Yeah. And you sound great, by the way. Thanks. I just have to say, <laughs> I just have to say, you've been so captivating. Yeah. You've been so captivating. Well, I'm and a great teacher. Well, you know, I, it's just such a great combination, don't you it think? It is, yeah. You yeah. know, it's just like peanut butter and jelly or hand in a glove. It's just, it's, they're both powerful, but you put them together, the right words. And, and I mean, we could go on into influence and persuasion and slide of mouth, and you can talk about all those things, but you put that together with the voice and it's just greater impact with the message, I think. It is. I think captivate is such the right word. And I, you've worked with James Wedmore too. And, yes. and if you, if anyone wants to listen to his podcast, Mind Your Business Podcast, and you listen maybe two years ago, pre-Tracy, and you listen to James now, oh my God, it is like <laughs> night and day. I'm like, who is this guy? And he's like, talking like this. And, he's like, and he goes, blah, 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 like way higher. And, um, and I hear people, because I'm in like his communities and stuff, and obviously we have the same mm-hmm. audience, but I hear people all the time talk about how they just love listening to James's voice mm-hmm. when he's on the podcast. And that has everything to do with what you taught. And again, like people are saying things about his podcast that have nothing to do with the content, but everything to do with mm. what he's saying. Yeah. Or, or not, not what, sorry, how he's saying it. Yeah. And that, that alone should tell you how powerful the voice is yeah. and how much attention you should be paying attention to or be, being aware of it yeah. when you're communicating. Well, he makes you feel. And I know, you know, I don't remember what the numbers were, but I know that I had worked with him right before a launch. And of course, you write all his scripting and you manage all of all of that for him. So he took Brandon's great scripts and I was working with him right before. And I think he had one of the biggest launches ever. Yeah, he did. If yeah. I remember right. And it's because he made people feel like what Brandon was talking about. I don't even know what you're selling, but where can I buy it? Yep. It's yep. it's the same thing. It's all compounded. We have to make people feel that they need us or that we get them or that we're the person to lead them where they need to go. And and to go the opposite way with it too, Tracy, is that what I because th- I th- I think we've been talking a lot about the benefits of having the voice. Mm-hmm. But if we were to look at the consequences of not having the voice mm-hmm. brought in is you could literally be repelling. Like you could, mm-hmm. you could be thinking, I have the best content. This is so good. And no one's listening to it. You, you could very well be repelling people by not focusing on your voice at the same time. Yeah. So there's a ton of benefits in it, but there's a heck of a lot more consequences that could happen if you choose to ignore it. Yeah. And again, it's one of those like hidden things that people just aren't aware of. That's it. And you know, some people have the quote unquote it factor and they all have the it factor. And it's like, well, they just, that they just have control over the emotional state of people listening to them, really. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 
And it's so true. People don't realize the power of it. The number of times I've come whining to you, you've probably just gotten over it. (laughs) Brandon, they don't know they need me. You know, I mean, that's exactly it. And they don't realize they're repelling people by going, you know, somebody said to me the other day, she said, well, I think I'm supposed to go really fast. And I'm like, if you want to lose them, you do the whole video fast. Right. You know, so there's all this, this perceptions. Again, it goes back to perception of what we think we're supposed to do. And we don't even realize we're running people off. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I see it. I, again, I see it all the time with, with students and I see, and that's why we actually, for those people listening, um, we've actually incorporated, we've had Tracy come on yeah. and do a training that we've incorporated with the message. So when you go through our program, you have the messaging and then you go through Tracy's training to figure out how to deliver it. Yeah. It really is the the one-two punch, 100%. Yeah. And I was honored to do it. Yeah. I loved it. I love it. Well, I know I'm going to have to start wrapping it up. I could sit here and talk to you about this stuff all day, but there was... What was the other thing I wanted to ask you? Oh, I know what it was. Now, you're not launching again this year. Or are no. you... You just did your last launch of the program this yeah, year. Yeah. We just did the last launch. Uh, it ended at the end of August. We'll launch again March of 2021. Okay. We have a couple of like smaller things. Like, oh, good. Um, like our mentorship program will open up in a, in a month or two. And then um, we're kind of really like revamping the service to something else. We'll be talking about oh. that towards the end of the year. Um, okay. But as far as the program is, is yeah, it won't, it won't open up until March of 2021. Okay. So this works for companies too, right? I mean, companies oh, yeah. and I mean, you're, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in marketing, if you're in human resources, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You need to really start paying attention on the social medias to what Brandon is doing. They can find, well, you're mostly on Instagram. Yeah. So I think our biggest effort right now is probably on Instagram. Uh, okay. There's a little bit of Facebook and, and we just kind of throw things on YouTube. So you, at either one of those, you'll see the content. I would say Facebook or sorry, Instagram is where we're most focused on and the handle there is I am Brandon Lucero, all one word. Um, but also our podcast, the new generation entrepreneur yeah. podcast. Yeah. It's a great way to, to hear more. So we talk a lot about messaging, but we also talk a lot about just entrepreneurship, the way it's going mindset and how to just be a really powerful pe- person. And then every once in a while, we'll talk about kids. Like how do we raise entrepreneurs yeah. kids and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. It's a mix which is cool. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. How's the podcast going? Are you loving it? Uh, I am still getting used to it. I do okay. like it, but I, I, just, I, man, every time I finish up an episode, I'm just like, oh, that was awful. That was, I need to plan this better. And I get really on myself oh. and then I go back and I re-listen to it. And I was like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. <laughs> yes. Just, I feel like I'm getting the the hang of it and we're we're growing slowly but surely. So I think we've almost doubled podcast downloads um, from when we first started. So it's... Oh, wow. It's growing. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm, I'm it's phenomenal. It. It's a great... It's a, it's a... You know, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts because strangely enough, when I am not tuning into people, listening to what's going on with them, I have to have the silence. Yeah. Because I have to, you know, because of the way that I work and the way that I hear... But there are a handful of them I listen to. Of course, James is one and yours is another. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so very good. It's so very good. But I just love that you said that. And, and I want to say a note to the people, to my listeners, you know, I hear that kind of thing all day long. I get disclaimers from my people 
that are in my groups, they'll say, okay, I'm going to send the video, but I can already tell you it's not any good and it's horrible and it's this and it's this. And I'm like, that was amazing. Yeah. It's that subconscious trying to keep you from using your voice in a big way. Mm. Don't let it win. Don't let it win because it's a trick. Yeah. It's a lie of the mind is what I call it. I never even thought about, thought about that. Yeah. Because every single time they tell me, oh, it was so bad. I'm like, okay, that was excellent. I mean, I can tell you where we need to go from here, but I was blown away. I just looked yeah. at one right before I got on this call with you and there had been a 20 minute disclaimer on how horrible it was. Oh and it was gosh. the best thing I'd ever seen her do. Wow. So, well, all, Brandon, we, we are our own worst enemies. I know, sure. I know, I know it for sure. Well, thank you so much for being with us today and for yeah. giving us so much valuable information. It's always great to hear from you and good to see you and just yeah. really appreciate your time. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm always so grateful anytime someone puts me in front of their audience. So thank you yeah. for having me on. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you listeners. It's always great to have you, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 